Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of Spilled Milk. For those tuning in on YouTube, you will see we have not one, but two guests. Emily is back, and her sister, Sarah. And hope you guys enjoy, and we'll just get right into it. We're debating some shit today. Okay, first question. This is kind of like intense, but does male and female parenting strictness work the same? And I guess like while we're on the topic, we can just kind of talk about the differences and like the effect that a father versus a mother has maybe. Ooh, that's really swinging out of the gates there. Yeah, coming in hot. I think if you have a mean, if you have a mean parent, like it's going to affect the kid in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Regardless of if it was mom or dad. I guess, do you think that, like, mothers and fathers offer different things to their kids? Do you think that one parent can make up for, like, the difference of the other? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily make up for it, but I think it. you can build a better relationship with one parent over the other, depending on how the other one is. Hmm. I don't, it's kind of tough, because, like, when I was younger, when my parents weren't, like, married, like, I was, it was very strictly, like, one, and then very strictly the other. So, like, I feel like one was lacking in one sense. I don't know. Not lacking. Lacking is the wrong word, but, eh. I think it depends on the family, of course, but, like, I feel like a mother's strictness has a different effect on the child depending on who the child is than a father's strictness like I feel like a mother's strictness is often viewed as like god my mom's such a bitch she's like Mm -hmm. always nagging at me like she's always telling me what to do and then there's like a father's strictness it's like I'm afraid of my dad like he's he's so harsh like yeah I don't want to disappoint my dad I'm gonna like get my shit done because my dad told me I have to do it you know like they Mm -hmm. have different effects but it depends on the family of course and it depends on how the kid views their parents. Like, if in general you view your mother as, like, you, you have a high respect for your mother, then your mother's strictness will be equally effective. But if not, then you're going to be like, God, my mom's a bitch. Like, yeah. She's always on <laughs> my keys. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know. It's kind of hard because it's like everyone has different parents, and you see, yeah. and you see your parents differently. Because I feel like there's definitely some dads that, like, slack and, like, aren't discipli- disciplinary, for lack of better terms. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. sometimes your mom, like, people's moms are, like, the one. Like, you don't want to piss your mom off. But then yeah. vice versa. You don't want to piss your dad off. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of subjective. But I don't know. I also have, like, some follow-up questions. Like, the first one, it's, like, say... Um, you were to have an absent father or an absent mother, do you think like it would feel the same to have like say you could put yourself in the situation where one you have a mother but no dad and then a dad with no mother, do you think that absence would feel the same? And I was also gonna ask if um do you think like gender matters? Like do you think there's a different relationship between like a, a father and his son versus a father and his daughter and same with like a mother? Mm-hmm. So the first one, I have no idea. I don't know what it's like to like not have a parent. So that one's kind of null for me. I feel like it would be different, though. I, I also have both parents, but I think it would be different to not have a mom rather than not have a dad. Yeah. I think for me personally, because my father passed away, and I think that absence has been really hard for me but it's also different and it's like it's really fucking hard for me to imagine not having my mom because I think also just even when my dad was still alive I was much closer with my mom um so I think that plays a big effect too but I do still think it would be different because I do think that parents offer very different things and maybe it's not based on gender because I think it would be similar if you had like maybe like two dads or two moms or something um, they're just different people, so you know they're gonna parent you in different ways. Yeah. What was part two to your question? Um, like, is there a difference in the dynamic between like a father and his son versus a father and his daughter, or like a mother and her son versus a mother oh, and her daughter? Yeah, so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, hundred percent. Me and Maddie's relationship with our dad is like 
totally different. It's a way different relationship and vice versa with my mom and my sister. I don't know why. I think most of the time there is a difference, but it, I would say it's mostly family dependent. Because I, I yeah. could see like different dynamics with different families of father-son, father-daughter. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I also think that those very different like son and mother or like son and father I think that those relationships are only really different if you have both parents and both parents take on different roles. Because, mm. like, for example, if there's a single dad and he had a daughter and a son, I think that his relationship with both of them would be, like, kind of similar. Versus, like, if you had a dad and a mom and a daughter and a son, their relationships with those two would be kind of different mm. just because the mother is, like, there to be more, like, I don't know, like, have a more feminine relationship with her daughter. But, like, if there isn't a mother present to have a more feminine relationship with her daughter, then the daughter is going to have the same relationship (laughs) with her dad (laughs) as her brother does. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. That was a really long-winded explanation. No, you're good. Like, putting myself in the shoes of a single dad, I feel like I would raise a son and a daughter very similarly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. I also feel like in my experience, and I think I have a lot of girlfriends who feel the same, it's weird because I feel so, it was so much more effortless for me to be close with my mother, but at the same time, I feel like mother-daughter relationships can be so fucking hard. And I don't really know why that is. Maybe it's because you're like so similar, or like you can be so similar. But then at the same time, like, I feel like it was really, it can be really hard to have a good relationship with a father as, like, a daughter, Um, but in, like, a different way. But I feel like I was just so much more different from my father, personally. I don't know. But I also think just, like, any kind of relationship with a parent is, like, it can be really difficult. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, Looking back on how I was as a kid, I would fucking beat my own ass. <laughs> yeah, but I also feel like on on the other hand, it's like sometimes it can be hard to just be a kid and like know what your parents really want from you and what they expect from you and um, feeling confident that you're doing the right thing to make them proud. It's like both of you are just like kind of in this experience for the first time together and you're like trying to figure out but, like, nobody really knows the right way to go about it. I just think family relationships in general are, are tough. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is still kind of relevant to the family topic, but um, is sibling rivalry or friendly competition healthy? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've been dealing with it a lot with my sister, and it's very hard. Mm-hmm. To not compare yourself, but I feel like it's very unhealthy to compare yourself because we're in two very different like situations, even though on paper our situation is the same. You know, is that what sibling rivalry is? Comparing yourself to your sibling? I think so, and like trying to, I don't know, maybe be equal to each other, be better than the other. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like that's a good question for us, but I can't answer. It. <laughs> like I. For example, I like, I like jokingly compare myself to my siblings and I'm like, I am the least successful sibling and like, they're doing so much better than me. Like they're at least somebody can make our parents proud, but I don't truly believe that. Yeah. Like I'm not going to stop fucking around just because because they have it together, you know? Yeah. But I guess it depends on, on the family and like, if my parents were really like, you better get your shit together. You're only successful if you're making mm-hmm. this much money. Mm-hmm. Then, then maybe if my parents were less accepting, I'd be like, God, I'm really a failure compared to my other siblings. I feel like what you described with your siblings, though, is like what I view as healthy competition. I think when mm-hmm. it becomes unhealthy when you feel the need to change what you are doing and what you want to be doing solely because mm-hmm. of what they are doing. Yeah, that makes 
But I, I, it's also hard for me because I just by nature feel like I am not a competitive person at all. Um, I just feel like everyone in my life, we're all so different from each other that it's not comparable. Um, especially like when you have different interests and want to do different things with your life. It's like, how do you measure if you're equal or not? If you're doing something completely different? Like, is that based on like how much money you make or something like that? Because I don't think that really matters. Like. <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day because like what if you both make a really good salary but one still makes like more like what difference does that fucking make mm-hmm. i think at the end of the day it's like like how it's dependent on how the parents get right if your parents are comparing yourself to your siblings or other kids like growing up i was compared to other kids academically a lot and i hated that mm-hmm. um but, like, yeah, in, in, like, any other sense, like, like money-wise, if, if I don't have a, as good of a job as my siblings or my peers, I don't want to be compared to them in that mm-hmm. way because I'm, at the end of the day, I'm me. Yeah. I do think, in, like, in terms of non-sibling relationships, if you're just talking about friendly competition, I do think, for the most part, that can be really healthy because I'm, like, a strong believer that, like, surrounding yourself with people like successful people people who are like good at things is like the best way to motivate yourself Mm -hmm. to do better things so like when I think of friendly competition I'm trying to think of a good healthy example like if Sarah and I were like let's see who can run the most miles this week and like Mm -hmm. we're gonna see who can who can do the best like that's great. That's mm-hmm. like a great way to motivate yourself to do better. You're like trying trying to beat this person, mm-hmm. trying to see if you can do better. But there's no consequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not like you only ran five miles this yeah. week, you lazy bitch. Yeah. Like, but there's no. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like a healthy way to like like compete in a way that's only the only goal is to make each other better. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And I think like back to what you said earlier about how um about like how you guys interact with each other and how I feel like it's good because it doesn't change your behavior I think it's also important to make sure in those situations like even if you fall short of the other that you're not it's not like really negatively impacting your the perception that you have of yourself um and like being like it's okay to acknowledge that I could do better next time and I can be better but like I'm still good the way that I am Mm -hmm. This is a question, this doesn't necessarily have to do with this, but I just thought about it. If you, so just say you all are married, and you are bringing in $100,000 a year. Married to each other? No, 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 no. Like, you and your significant other are married, and you bring in 100000 and they bring in 50000 So total, you bring in one fifty, right? Would you have any, like, comparison or, like, resentment towards them? for that since you're bringing in the majority of the money or no i'm sorry can you repeat that so if you so you are married you're making a hundred thousand a year your spouse is making fifty thousand a year so you're making double what they're making would you have any like comparison or resentment towards that since your your lifestyle or your income has kind of aided your lifestyle more than your spouse's would you like you compare that or like think that it's fair fair that it's not fair you know i have an answer in that but does anyone else want to go okay um i think it's all about um the balance that you guys create amongst yourselves i think that if you're going um i i do think that like if you're making more like that being equal and being fair might mean that you pay more um but you just keep it like proportionate to what you make you know Mm -hmm. um but I also think that attitude plays a part in that too. It's like, is this person expecting so much more from me because I make that's more? True. Or do they still very willingly want to make a contribution? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important to consider. That's fair. I think it starts becoming a problem when they like blow all of the money that you're making on a yeah. stupid shit. Yeah. yeah, that they're not necessarily making. Yeah. Would you guys combine your bank accounts? In all of your income, or no? I think there should be two separate, three separate accounts. One for yourself, one for your spouse, and one joint account. I agree. Yeah, hell yeah. So then how is the money 
distributed. Like where where is it going? So you're making you're making 150,000 a year combined and you have three accounts. Is it 50-50-50 or Cuz me personally, I think if you get married, everything, well, there's multiple accounts, but everything that you make goes into one account and then you kind of shoot it around based off of like food and needs and wants and and all that sort of stuff, right? Cuz it's like I'm making 100 and Mary's making 50. In my mind, we make 150. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, that's just how I, mm-hmm. how I think about it is like, there's, I think there's one joint account, obviously that's where like your, how your rent, your mortgage, regardless. Right. And then you s- spread it out and you kind of each can do whatever you want. But like, I personally think it's like our money now. And that's just my thought. I think in my eyes, you take chunks of each one of your income and put it in the joint. That's the money that you spend. Mm-hmm. But you still have your money. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. I do too. That's what I would do. I, it just feels weird to me to have to like, like if you had a joint mm-hmm. bank account, let's say, like you both put all of your <laughs> yeah money, let's say, into one bank account, and like I wanted to go buy an eight thousand dollar mountain bike, mm-hmm. I would have to be like, is it okay? If I buy an eight thousand yeah. dollars, yeah. like, are we okay with this purchase? Instead of me having eight thousand dollars in my bank account and being like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy a bike because this is my money and I can do whatever I want with it. It's just like a weird extra step where you you like That's have right. to check mm-hmm. that your partner's also okay with it. Which I guess I personally just think that you shouldn't. Like, I wouldn't want to ask my partner for permission. Like financial, almost. Yeah, financial yeah. permission. That's fair. That's fair. I have a question for, like, in response to, like, purchase, what you said, how you would split it up. Um, I don't know if you already said this, but for the, like, joint account and the individual accounts, is it, for the joint one, is it that, like, you're both putting in the same amount, even if you don't make the I same amount? So, depending on how large the gap is. Mm-hmm. If it's, like, a really big gap, then I, the person will probably come for it. Yeah. And I agree with that because, like, I think, like, a complete 50-50 split is always, like, great, but in situations where there is a big gap, like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like if you're choosing to spend your life with someone, like, you should, like, it's okay if you, like, give a little bit more. But that's just, yeah. like, how I feel about money, personally. My thought is, like, if you're making more, wouldn't you want to spend some of that on that person, though, too? Mm-hmm. You know? My thought is, like, you both, whatever you make goes into one account, and then... You send. You can send it to like your own individual account, if you want to, right? For both of them. But like, if one person makes a thousand dollars and one more makes two thousand dollars, you if the total, the three thousand dollars total goes into one account, and then you don't necessarily split it fifty fifty because some of it's going to be used for stuff. But mm-hmm. like, what if your rent's fifteen hundred? Well, then you only have fifteen hundred left. Because at that point, then your two thousand that you put in, if you're making more, is only seven fifty now. Because a larger portion, uh, or sorry, a lesser portion of your income is going to that, but you only have so much left over. Because I've seen it, I've seen both sides of it, and it's it's weird. Yeah. It's kind of it's interesting. Because like my parents on my dad's side, they have like one account, but they have like two different cards for the one account. Mm-hmm. But it's all their money like combined yeah mm-hmm. you know and then on the other side my mom and stepdad they like everything goes into one account and they both have access to it but they also both have their own like individual accounts just from previous i mean they were 40 something when they got married so they already had these pre-existing bank accounts you know but everything was like eventually merged but then dispersed Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but. I don't know if I totally, like, grasped the point of what you were saying, but I think in the situation where, say, you have, like, your three separate accounts, like a joint and then two individuals, I do think that it's okay for the person who makes less to be left with a little bit less in their own account if they make less. And I do think it would be, like, courteous, again, if the gap is really large for the person who makes more to put more towards their joint one. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's okay if there's still more in their individual as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that makes sense. 
But I think it's just, it's all about, like, the relationship and how you guys feel and, like, whatever agreement you come to. Like, if you think it's fair, you think it's fair. Um, yeah. And I just happen to be someone who thinks, like, e- like complete equality is not, does not always mean you have to be, like, completely mm-hmm. equal. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Any other thoughts? No. Okay. We're going to move on to the, like love debates (laughs) okay um so the first one are online relationships real hell yeah why not let them if they're having fun why not how online are they (laughs) (laughs) say they like they met online they have not yet met in person but they've been in a relationship for however long I mean, I still think you need to kind of sack up and, like, go see each other. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say something? But. Yeah. Before we move on in this topic. The, the connotation of what you said. You said they're, they met online and they've not met in person yet implies that one day they're going to meet in person. But what if it's, like, 100% online? Yeah. And, like, they're never going to meet in person. Yeah. The whole let's, thing is 100% let's online. Let's debate that. I don't think that it would. I mean, if they're never going to meet, I don't think that would ever work. That's yeah. just me. But what I, does work mean? Mm-hmm. Like, long-term success and happiness. Because if you live in New York and your significant other lives in California, like, what's the realistic long-term success of that relationship? Because you guys are living two completely separate lives. And, and that's just my, I don't know. What if you really just don't want to be in the same room as someone? <laughs> And Maybe that's that fair. Works perfectly. For yeah. You, you know? Yeah, I was going to say. That's, like, that's fair. Like, it depends, it depends on what you want out of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, for some people, a partner is not, like, a person to, like, spend physical time with, but, mm-hmm. like, just a person to chat with. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. To, like, talk about your day or whatever, and they do not have to be mm-hmm. in the same room to be able to talk about that. Or, like, to get advice from someone or, you know, tell them about your feelings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you totally don't have to be in the same room to do that. Crazy. Fair. But then, Very fair. But then, if it's like, you're always wanting to meet in person or something. I, yeah. see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, for example, I, I have a friend that I talk to every day, and I met him playing video games. Um, I know his name, and I know, like, all about him, but I've never met him. And I don't necessarily not have the intention to, like, meet him. Like, it would be cool if I could meet him, but I'm not going to go out of my way. To go to fucking mid Midwest USA, Indiana, yeah. Yeah. to meet this guy. <laughs> no. I'm not driving to meet this random eight dude. Hours of corn. <laughs> Are you watching? He's gonna be like, damn it, <laughs> yeah. like, he damn it Purge is never gonna come see he, me. He brings it up. Yeah, like it would be He's cool if I up. could meet him, but like I'm not going to fucking his shitty state yeah. to meet him. What if he came but out here like, to meet you though? But I still have like a great relationship with him, and like we're yeah. great friends, and I've yeah. never met him. But I mean, I think that's important that you bring that up because it's like the fact that even if you have no intentions to meet, like, does that mean that you're less friends? Like, no, no, no. Because I don't think it does. Um, and I think, like, I agree with Austin's take in the sense of, like, for me personally, I, that would not work for me because mm-hmm. I am not someone who would be able to handle never meeting somebody. Yeah. But like you said, like, I do think that is totally fine for people and that, like, there's also, like, there's people who are asexual, like, they don't want any, like... And that's, like, mainly sex-wise, but, like, they don't want that. And, like, there are going to be people who, like, don't feel the need ever to, like, be physically present. They don't need to be touched. They don't need to Mm -hmm. hug you or whatever. Um, They just, like, want the comfort of somebody else. And you can totally get that from just talking to someone. Mm -hmm. That's fair. This question made me think about um, relationships for, like, differently abled people. Like, a person who can't see, who has never seen their partner. Mm-hmm. That's like mm. a really interesting mm-hmm. thing to think about. Like, you would never say that, that a blind person's relationship is less valuable because they've never seen mm-hmm. their partner, you know? So that's like, I never thought about that. Yeah. But having never met your partner because you've never seen them in person and you only talk to them online, I guess, doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't affect the value of the relationship. There's just so many different relationship dynamics out there. Um, like, there are so many ways these days, especially as we 
get more comfortable talking about it in which relationships can be so unconventional and outside the norm and it's just like I think for all of those types of relationships it's just like it might not work for you but it works for them and they're both happy and they're both getting their needs met from this person and that is what a relationship is about true Mm -hmm. true that I couldn't do it though. I'm needy. No, I couldn't do it. Like your whole relationship, you don't see them. That would yeah. that would suck, yeah. in my opinion. Just that's just yeah. me. Me too. Any final thoughts? Last words? Okay. Next love question: Is love dependence on another? I guess I think I'm confused by the. Like, like, is that what the definition of love is? That you just, like, are dependent on one another? Um, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm with Sarah. I hope not. I, I think you should be able to find love in things outside of a relationship. Like, I love Thin Mints. <laughs> right? And in that circumstance, right? Okay. Like, I... Like it's, it's like, I would need, I don't, but I don't like need Thin Mints to like feel love. I, I would hope not. Okay. But. Interesting take. It's like, just like an interesting comparison that like your love for like food though is like different than like. Well, like I, I mean, I can love a food, but I don't need the food to feel love and mm-hmm. to be happy and like to be content. And you could just replace thin mints with a person. <laughs> like you can feel love with another person, but you shouldn't necessarily need another person to be able to mm-hmm. feel love. But if there was no one else in the world, I would not be able to feel love. Like if thin mints didn't exist, you couldn't <laughs> love thin mints. True, true. Yeah, but you can love someone after they die. Yeah. I could love bananas instead. I feel like we are off the rails. I agree. I'm confused. I'm confused. Like, if I had no perception of what another person was, I wouldn't be able to love another person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I guess, yeah. I would need someone else to feel love either way, feel loved or to love them. Are you talking about the dependence thing? Yeah. So maybe you're just saying it depends on whether there's another (laughs) (laughs) whether you can love them or not. Okay. So so the question is Um, is do you need another person to? I guess I'm good. Okay. Well, here's my take on it, and I might be interpreting it wrong, um, but I think that there is a certain level of dependence that you have on a partner. in order to love them. And I think that that's okay. What is not okay is to like be codependent on them. And like you said, with your thin mints to like rely on them to feel loved. But I Mm -hmm. do think that your partner should be someone that you can depend on. Um, and that, you know, like, yeah, if the, if shit goes, if shit hits the fan, like they're going to be here, they're going to help me clean it up. Like I can depend on them in an emergency. I can depend on them for emotional support. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, like you said, it is not a full, complete, total dependence where, like, you need this person to function. Um, but I think that dependence is a part of love, but it, that is not what love is alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, like, love has nothing to do with dependence, but relationships do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you can really be in love with someone who, like, you're not in a relationship with, but to make a relationship work, there are things for you to yeah. In general, my initial reaction to that if love equals dependence, that is wrong. You're doing yeah. it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think, Kendall, what you were talking about is like a. It's not, like reliance. Yeah. Well, maybe not like dependence on a person, but trust in a person was the word that came to mind about, about what you said. I just no, am thinking more. of like. The saying, like, I can depend on you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, you can depend on someone for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, like, it's, like, obviously different from trust, but it's, like, similar. It's, like, a similar idea. Because mm-hmm. you, could, you could, like, um, if you use the word dependence separately, like, I can depend on my coworkers because they're super 
dependable people. Like, mm-hmm. they just, I can always trust that they're going to be on time to work and they're, like, going to work hard when they're at work. But that doesn't mean I love them, mm-hmm. you know? But that's what, I, I, my, my point was, like, dependent, like, love is independence, but dependence is a part of love. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's not everything. Um, there are so many things that define love. I just don't think love is one thing. Yeah, totally. I thought that was a good summarization that Sarah made that you need in a a relationship but like love isn't that but a relationship needs that but do you feel like you can love somebody that you don't depend on Mm -hmm. at all yeah I feel like that might suck that you can Mm -hmm. like you might be like I am deeply in love with this person but they're deeply unreliable or something like that Mm -hmm. I just think it comes down to like you can't choose who you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. I guess I just think that it's something... I guess I'm taking the question very specifically for, like, relationship kind of love rather than, like, friendships or whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, I do feel like in a a romantic relationship, like, say, someone that you want to marry, like, I don't feel like I could love them if I don't depend on them. Mm-hmm. Or I can't depend on them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like I view, in this kind of context, I view love and, like, partnership very hand-in-hand hand with one another. Mm-hmm. I don't like that question. Yeah. It's it like was... a, I don't like the way it's worded, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, that's the one you put in here. I know. <laughs> okay, um, these are kind of subwaying into more, I guess, like social type. Did you say subwaying? <laughs> Did I? You literally said <laughs> You're going to subway in? That's cute, though, actually. <laughs> subway into the next topic. The next <laughs> and get off it. And that's segue, guys. <laughs> The next stop is. <laughs> next stop <laughs> is social issues. Okay. Um, I like this question. You also added this one. Why is it so easy to overlook the mass suffering in the world? It's kind of heavy. Whoa. I think it's, a, it's important to think about. I think this is a good question. I think it's like an empathy thing. A lot of like the feeling or like they don't know what it feels like mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. I just feel like they they can't feel it, so they don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. I think that's like exactly it. Mm-hmm. Like, what is one individual I like in one of us going to do to end the mass? Because it's kind of unrealistic mm-hmm. for one person. Yeah. There's certain people that could, right? But like, for the average person to end the mass. I feel like is possible, but unrealistic. I mean, but the question is just like, why is it so easy for people to just not care about it? Mm. Like they don't necessarily like have to be going out of their way to like solve all the world's problems. Yeah. But like, why don't they care? Um, and yeah. I think with like lack of empathy, it also goes to just like ignorance. I feel like mm-hmm. people don't educate themselves. They don't um, go out of their way to understand the reality of other people and less fortunate people. Um, and it's just, like, I feel like a lot of people have that mindset of just, like, if it doesn't affect me, like, why would I concern myself with that? Um, Which but makes I don't sense. get why they're like Which, that. It's stupid. That, it makes sense, but it's a stupid Yeah. But, I mean, that I think that also yeah. goes back to, like, what Perch said. Just, like, they don't, they lack empathy. Yeah. They just don't care enough. hmm hmm I do think, though, Austin, what you were saying is, is also an answer to this question. It's, like... Like, I know that I, I will not ever be able to end, like, world hunger, let's say. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a thought that that often crosses my mind mm-hmm. because every time it does, it's an overwhelming thought, so I put mm-hmm. it away. Yeah. Like, the, like, yeah, like how, how could you do it today? And you're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. And then you're yeah. like, huh, well. So you just yeah. look past it because mm-hmm. there's, like, more immediate yeah. problems in your life to solve that you, ha- that you could possibly yeah. solve. But that's, like, a, that's too big. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like people just mm-hmm. push those away. I also really think, like you were saying about ignorance, it is so hard to 
like even like even begin to understand wait what was the what was the question mass suffering yeah like why is it so easy for people to not care about the mass suffering yeah and like to overlook it mm-hmm. i th- feel like it's just because they're not aware of it like like i'm aware that there are a lot of people dying for example in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. around the world not just what like from hunger or from mm-hmm. war or, or whatever but if I don't, like, directly see it every day, or, like, a person in my life didn't die from... Like, desensitized. Yeah, kind of. But it's just, like, if there's no direct line to my mm-hmm. life, yeah, like then it's, like, really easy to yeah, not. Can't, you can't relate to it. Mm-hmm. I've also come across a lot of people, I don't know if you guys have, but where it's, like, whenever they hear something really horrible like in the news or a story that someone's telling them about something that's really really tragic there are I've met a lot of people where it's just like they just cannot handle it like they're just like it's so upsetting to them that they're just they would rather just not hear about it at all Mm -hmm. um but I also just like don't understand that perspective because it's like I guess it's kind of like the same it's just like why are you able to just like but it's like it's like clearly they care about it like that's why they're upset Mm -hmm. by it but like why how can you just be like it's just annoying to me because it's like that is somebody's reality Mm -hmm. and just you hearing it is too much for you Mm um i don't know yeah because they don't they don't get to be like that is this is too much yeah i can't handle it right now they don't get to walk away from it they just like it's their own life they Mm -hmm. don't get a choice about whether to deal with it or not see your point but i i think like it was kind of i think i was maybe not the most relevant the desensitization thing desensitization thing wasn't as relevant to the point you're making but i do think that is like another thing especially when um a tragic thing in the world keeps happening on repeat like it's just like oh like again again like it's not gonna be solved anytime soon Mm mm-hmm Circling back to what I said before, I also think that people are just like overly preoccupied with their own yeah with their True. own yeah. life. Like, I'm gonna go off topic a little bit, but I had this thought the other day that the reason huge major issues in the world don't get resolved is because people like recede into their own life. Like, you know how if you think of like a typical American middle class family, like the general trajectory of a life is like to find a partner. And stay with them forever, ideally, and like create a family with them. And when that happens, your entire world, your entire world, like everything you care the most about in your life is within that tiny unit. And it's so hard to look outside of it. Like, you, all you care about is making mm-hmm. sure that this little unit is like okay. Yeah. And, and so nobody, like, and it's not, not necessarily their fault. It's like a human yeah. instinct yeah. to take care of the people mm-hmm. that you that you're, like, closest to, especially, like, your children, especially. Mm-hmm. And so people just stop looking past that. Which, and every, all, like, s- the vast majority of people, like, in the U.S., let's say, for example, have that family structure, and so they don't go outside of it to solve other, like, bigger mm-hmm. issues. Totally. I just think that's crazy. Yeah. And, like, everybody keeps doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then keep, things keep not do you think there's like a cultural aspect to that just like just how our society is too though mm-hmm. like totally. beyond just human nature because mm-hmm. i feel like especially like here like that is like i don't feel like that is necessarily the exact like trajectory yeah tra- i mm-hmm. cannot fucking speak right now. <laughs> um of life like everywhere but i do no. feel like here that is like mm-hmm. so i feel like a lot of times like people don't want to be that way but it's like they don't know how to be any other way mm-hmm. and they feel like they won't be accepted if they do anything different. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of other cultures in this world where that family unit, like our family unit typical that we have here is like <clears throat> you and your parents and your siblings and that's your family unit, whatever. But there's a lot of other cultures where you don't marry a spouse, move away from your family. Mm-hmm. To start your own family. 
like a lot of other cultures their family all stays together like everybody raises the kids together everybody's like a like a big large connected unit Mm -hmm. and like has a bigger community Mm -hmm. around them and I feel like if like that's a situation where like everyone is looking out for everyone instead of like just within their inner circle Mm -hmm. and like that's a situation where it would be easier to see other parts of life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than like just your little unit I agree thoughts in this corner thoughts in this corner P-H-O-T thoughts (laughs) 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 T-H-O-T thoughts Um, I just my only like my direct answer to that question like how it's easy to not care is just that it's easy to be distracted yes mm-hmm. by your mm-hmm. own shit mm-hmm. like who is not who isn't caught up in their own shit mm-hmm. you know? um i think it's hard to like i have to like sit down and re- and like work to put myself in someone else's shoes mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it's like time for that which is fucked up mm-hmm. but it takes like emotional work to to really feel that and not care but like to try to understand it yeah that being said then do you believe that there are people out there who genuinely don't care like even if they took the time Mm -hmm. so then why do you think they're like that the ones who like genuinely do not care like even if you force them to sit down and really think about it i don't know i find that hard to understand because i think of myself as pretty like passionate and mm-hmm. empathetic and mm-hmm. I I couldn't have someone sitting down in front of me suffering and not feel mm-hmm. you know very emotional about that so it's hard for me to even think about not caring like I I don't know if I I don't know how to answer that I just think people I it's the people who can't empathize. I think those people like that are like yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would like this is so fucked up, but I would love to see them in that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One day, mm-hmm. so they know how. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, is there really a not caring? Are you or are you intentionally trying to go against the grain and be like, I don't give a shit, even though everybody else does. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm just trying to imagine who, what kind of person, like, really doesn't care, and do they genuinely not care, or is it like an act? Avoidance. Maybe there's like like a sociopath. <laughs> I, I do. Sociopath. I have a thought about that. Cause the other so the other day I was having a conversation and I was like, oh my god, I just cannot look at an old person who is out in the world alone and not like it makes me want to cry immediately. No matter what they are doing, I just feel. I don't know why. I don't know how to describe the feeling, but I feel like sad for them. I feel like maybe they're lonely and I want them to not be lonely or I want them to like be healthier or happier or something. I don't know what it is. And this other girl was like, fuck old people. They're all assholes. I do not care about them. I see an old person eating alone. Fuck them. They're probably have done bad shit in their life. I have no reason to feel bad for them. And so I feel like part of it is seeing the good in people and seeing the bad in people. Mm-hmm. Like, some people are like, that person has no reason to have my sympathy. Like, I bet that person has been an asshole before. I have no reason to immediately assume that they're a good person and that they deserve mm-hmm. any type of consideration from me. And I had never thought about that before. But I'm like, that old guy could, maybe he's alone because he's a dick. Yes. You know? hmm but I never think about that. But it also makes me think from like her perspective, it's like maybe she was like fucking traumatized by something. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it's also hard because like that situation specific is like difficult for me because I think I used to feel that way too where if I saw them alone, it made me really sad. But I also kind of reached this realization where I was like, maybe they're like fine. Like maybe they're just eating out alone like on Mm -hmm. an afternoon, you know? Patronizing to be like, they need, they need my yeah. help. Yeah, you know, like yeah. That's not a case. I think there's a balance to it, but it isn't. I've never really given that much thought either. It's like in the same way that this person could need help and be lonely, they could also be a dick. Like mm-hmm. because it's like people are just people, mm-hmm. but that means 
both things. Mm -hmm. I think about that shit all the time with old people. All the time. Because sometimes there's like a, like you see an old guy at a coffee shop. It's like, well, maybe he's just getting coffee by himself because his wife or daughter just, son, whatever, just didn't want to come. Mm -hmm. Or it's like the flip of it's like, if you are alone, what did you do? To be alone, because then, especially with boomers, they complain about it a lot. Like, oh, my family never comes to see me, or I do this and that. It's like, it's like, but wh- but why yeah, does yeah. none of your children want to talk to you? Is is it there a chance your kids are dicks? Yes, every but, single one of them. <laughs> but every single one of them, and if you really break it down, if they all are, where do you think they learned that? Yeah, not trying to be that guy, but like. I'll be that guy with no <laughs> scenarios. Because it's just like, yeah, no way yeah. you're going to complain about not seeing your kids for five years. Why, why have you not seen your children for five yeah. years? Because you can't just say like, oh, they just don't want to see me. Mm-hmm. Because that, then it's the easy answer. But it's like, why don't they want yeah. to see you? They don't want to see you because of... Or maybe the dude's just wanted a hot chocolate. So he just went and did... A, he's been inside his house for seven straight days yeah. because he's an old dude. He doesn't do anything. Maybe he just wanted to go get a coffee. Mm-hmm. Or he used to go there with his wife and his wife died. Okay, I wasn't, <laughs> try- I wasn't trying to go there. I was going to say that, yeah, but I, did, I know what you mean. Yeah. I get it. Because like, there's probably some old people that go out every Thursday night because that's where they, he, she, yeah. they went you know, for dinner. And as far as you know, they died a week ago. And then you're just like, oh, I'm a dick. <laughs> also, alone does not equal lonely. And we That's all very we all true. know that in our That's own true. lives. Like, I love going to the gym alone. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. more mm-hmm. than with a person. And it doesn't make me lonely or sad. Mm-hmm. So why, why is it so hard mm-hmm. to understand <laughs> that about other people? Literally, though. <laughs> Literally. Anything else about that? About old people? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> or just about the original question? And you... Which one? <laughs> about the masks. What is it easy to overlook? Oh, yeah. oh I'm okay. sorry. I turned mass suffering into the elderly. <laughs> into old people. Somehow we got to old people. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We, we subwayed into it. <laughs> yeah, we okay. Well, I have two more questions on kind of like the same social aspect kind of questions um are we born with prejudices or do we learn it is that the plural of prejudice 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 prejudices my initial we learn it yes yeah i don't think you're necessarily born with it you when you're a child you pick up like you pick up on little things based off of what's around you in your environment what you see, what you hear, yeah. and you're you're a product of your environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is a single person on this earth that was born No, definitely not. We've talked about this before, but this makes me think about it because um, I know Purchase dance on this, but when it comes to like psychopaths and like really really scary dangerous people like serial killers and shit, it's like, is that nature or is that like is that a genetic thing is that a biological thing or like did trauma in their life cause that did their parents cause that like did some outside force cause that i have a tendency to believe that people who turn out in in such a way like that like for a serial killer for example that it was like they're their upbringing that made that mm-hmm. happen like they're yeah. a trauma that happened to them even if it happened to them like when they were an infant mm-hmm. like before they even were a functioning person mm-hmm. you know things could happen to you but i don't i do think like i've learned at school that there's like certain things about your brain that can make a person more likely mm-hmm. to become that way but i do think that it mostly comes down to like what happens to you like that book what happened to you? <laughs> never, it's, it's never what's wrong with you. Yes. Yeah. I agree. 
speaking of that though really quick i don't think this is necessarily like a prejudice thing i don't think that you could say that a person like fresh out of the womb that they are going to be prejudiced about something but it's really interesting the things that happen to like a freshly born baby or even an unborn baby the things that happen to like a, things that happen around them things that happen to them can like totally change or in, not change but shape who they are as like as an adult um and that makes me think mm-hmm. about the prejudice thing a little bit i don't think that it's like a baby's gonna be a fucking racist because yeah. of yeah. because of something mm-hmm. kind of that happened to them when when they were like an infant but i think that things that happened to them when they were an infant could potentially lead them to be the type of person mm-hmm. who has thoughts like that like a person who has thoughts that like other people are against them, other people aren't safe. Mm-hmm. And, like, those kinds of feelings could lead to being, like, could lead to prejudice. Yes. That I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So it's, like, a very long, like, path to get there. But I do kind of think that there's some, like, biological things that can make a per- person become prejudiced. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. Um, kind of bouncing back to the, like, psychopath aspect of it i actually thought it was great that you brought up like trauma that happened when you were like a literal baby because in my time like learning psychology and all that stuff in school it's like i actually think those are some of the most impactful periods of your life especially like um and i know even like the ages like like five to seven is really fucking impactful um just all of those stages like even if you don't remember that shit it it physiologically changes Mm -hmm. you um and i've seen that firsthand with like people in my life um so that that's actually interesting that you brought that up and i feel like that because i i've always kind of felt like there was a biological aspect to it maybe like they were kind of born that way um not like all the time but that makes me think like yeah like honestly i've never thought about it like trauma that happens to you at that age could really fuck you up i also think when it comes to trauma like the duration of things really like how long your trauma lasted could um affect things um, and really, like, change your perception of reality. Um, but I don't know. It's just also hard because it's, like, trauma is really di- difficult to think about because everyone experiences, I think, a little bit of it in their life, and um, everyone will experience it at different scales. But it, every situation is so different. And it's just hard because I just feel like there are so many people who get traumatized um, at different points of their lives and at different capacities, and they don't turn out to like that mm-hmm. extreme of mm-hmm. a person so it's just like i don't know it's like this part of me wonders it's like is that really like fair to just like put the fact that they turned out that crazy on like one or maybe like multiple things like even if their trauma is like really 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 fucking horrific it's just like mm-hmm. is it fair to just be like that is why i guess it just feels like it's like deflecting part of the blame Mm -hmm. but it's like Mm -hmm. and and it's hard because like I I feel like I'm one of those people who still like feels some level of like empathy for terrible fucking people and I don't want to but it's like it is like what happened to you like and who knows like maybe I maybe I could have turned out the same fucking way if Mm -hmm. I went through that I don't know yeah because I always think what wouldn't your life be easier if you weren't a serial killer yeah does anybody like I mean I know there are some people who want to be serial killers does anybody want to be a psychopath like i don't think so i don't think that anybody wants that Mm -hmm. for themselves so it's like there must be something out of their control that's making them that Mm -hmm. way so i totally understand Mm -hmm. because i also feel bad for horrible people just because it's like it's so clear like they they do not have empathy at all and it's like i don't know it just it does kind of make sense to me that there could be a a biological aspect to that just like the fact that you physically cannot feel empathy mm-hmm. and it could totally be the trauma thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just happened really early on, but it's like, how do you, and it's, it's hard cause the brain is so like unknown and we don't, we don't know a lot, a whole, whole lot about it. So it's, it's hard to, to test that. How can we ever be certain? Sorry, I feel like me and Kendall are, like, <laughs> we're really dominating the conversation. It's just what we do. <laughs> What do you say? What? You need to bring back lobotomies. <laughs> <laughs> a quick fix. 
I don't think so. I do have one more question if everyone is up for it. And I will not say anything. <laughs> um, sure. Is there a point where too much development, like for things like technology, like think like AI and shit like that, is a bad thing? Yes. <laughs> Could you expand? <laughs> um, I think like everyone kind of has like the cliche sort of ideas of technology, like but there's also so many subtle ways. I don't know. I, I feel as a designer my job is threatened daily. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By AI. But but I also like I don't know, I think it comes down to like our responsibility, the way we use it, like but it's also an incredibly helpful tool in so many ways, so I don't want to shut it down. Like I think there are pros and cons of it like I forgot this <laughs> harmful or or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. Ditto. I think that goes with, with like anything in the world. Like if you have too much I think I don't I don't think about the technology advancement thing in in the sense of like you know like that movie Ex Machina where like the there's like the robots that like turn against their owners or whatever their creators I don't ever think about technology advancement in that way like it's gonna become evil like take over the world kind of thing but I do think about it as like a it like takes humans further and further away from from nature like from the natural world like our natural state of being whatever but then i also think like a i had a biology teacher who would always tell us like don't fall for the appeal to nature fallacy that just because something is natural means that it's good mm -hmm. and his example was like just because a woman is most fertile between the ages of 13 and 18 does that mean we should all be getting pregnant between 13 and 18 like no we would not say no one would say that you know so it's like just because we're getting farther from nature, does that mean that it's a bad thing? Like, I personally think so. But I try not to fall for that trap. Like, yeah. we've, Sarah and I have been having this crisis about <laughs> at McDonald's, you can't order from a person. <laughs> Even if you go inside, you have to order mm -hmm. on the touch screen. And, like, that's a little, that's, like, a little bit crazy to me. First yeah. of all, A, I understand that it's, like, an awesome accessibility feature. Like, it's a lot easier for a person maybe who, like, can't speak or, like, is disabled in some way to, like, get up to the touchscreen and, like, touch what they want to order without, like, having to speak to a person maybe. That kind of thing. Like, I totally really like that as, like, especially from, like, an accessibility standpoint. But I'm like, why can't I just talk to a human? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's just, like, I feel like it robs both people of an opportunity to, like, be nice to someone and, like, mm -hmm. have a, a kind interaction with someone. and and make someone's day and smile at someone. Those kinds of things make me think that we're like heading in the wrong direction. Yeah. But I don't think that computers are gonna take over the world. <laughs> I don't really think that either. Um, and I think kind of going off of what you said, um, I think that when we take it too far, just like really far to that point where it's like technology is taking over jobs and stuff, I just feel like we're stripping ourselves of purpose, like mm -hmm. us as humans. Mm -hmm. It's just like, um, and this is a very much more like emotional response to this question, but I also think about culture. And I think you talking about being a designer, I also feel that way as someone who is very big into like the creative world and a lot of different senses. And it's like, it breaks my heart to think about us reaching a point where our music our art everything that we do like that that we are creating with our hands is now like just generated from technology it's just like there's no real even if it's like a good song or a beautiful work of art it's like there's no human emotion or feeling behind it it is like 
mm-hmm. a script of yeah. something that was already like and it's just like it's not real to me um and i just think there's so something so raw and organic and beautiful about us doing things on our own even if it's like a shitty job it's like um like i don't think many people are like stoked about like the idea of being like a cashier or something but it's like but it's still like it's it's a human doing this and it's your job and it's just like something I don't know. And then like suddenly you're not. Do- and then will we reach a point where everywhere you go, it's just like, like you said, there's you don't interact with people. So like, then what do we do? Like, <laughs> what do we fill our time with? What mm-hmm. do we fill our days with? Mm-hmm. Everything is done for us now. And that just sucks to me. Yeah. And like Perch said, I just think literally everything, like everything needs to be done in moderation. Anything that you do too much of, it's just like it ruins it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, I don't know, this is like not relevant, but like, like the Amish, are they, <laughs> are they like really happy without like technology? Maybe. I'm sure they have fulfilling lives. I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Especially because they don't miss it. Right. They don't know yeah, like, what true. they're missing yeah. out yeah. on, you know? Like they're, you know, like, I guess, like, happiness is, wait, happiness is subjective, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Like, they're, they could be happy in their situation because they don't know that other people are happier because they can right. watch Netflix right. or whatever, <laughs> like, you know. That's a good point. But I also feel like there are people who um, have experienced this stuff and choose to not live that way, too. Mm-hmm. So just, mm-hmm. again, you don't know. But I also think, like, and maybe it's just because I'm someone who grew up in a world of technology, but like, I think technology, like Sarah said, is a great thing and it's provided so many opportunities and I feel like it's allowed people to be more educated, more connected. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's given us the chance to like, like with online, back to the online thing, like interact with people nowhere near us that we would never get to just run into on our day-to-day lives. Um, But it's just, it is, it is scary to me, the thought of just like us not doing anything anymore. Mm -hmm. That's just weird. I literally feel like it's like there's no purpose then in anything. Like we we don't make our own art. We don't make our own like physical products of things. Like we don't, I don't know, we don't drive our cars. We don't, do we teach our, are we learning from robots? Like it's just like, what? what? Then it's like, what, are you, what even is the need for us to be here and alive? Like let's just kill ourselves and make robots like of ourselves like it's just weird yeah. but that also kind of makes me think like couldn't they give us all a break yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. If, we have no, if we don't have shit to do we can do whatever we want yeah you know so i don't know there, there's like there's good and bad two sides yeah to every like yeah. part of this like i was just thinking in one way, like, technology threatens my job, but in another way, I completely rely on technology to do my mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. There's, like, a, it's, there's so many different ways to answer. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You bring up so many good points, Sarah. <laughs> You're so smart. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for your contribution. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a serious, I'm having a moment right now thinking about this podcast because I was just thinking, we all probably listen to so many podcasts among us and how frequently do you hear your friends be like, dude, I listened to this podcast the other day and I heard this awesome shit. Let me tell you about it. And how infrequently do you hear your friends saying, I had the most interesting conversation the other day. Like, everybody always says, I heard this in a podcast the mm-hmm, other day, yeah. and it's, mm-hmm. it's like we're getting our, our, like, engaging conversation and engaging thoughts and, like, interesting whatever, like, from a fucking podcast or from a YouTube video or whatever, yeah. instead of, like, from your, from humans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know there are humans behind it. Yeah. Of course. But. Weird. Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> And here we are making a podcast. With technology. <laughs> technology, oh technology. God. We Googled controversial questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I Crazy. read them from my phone. Uh, 
we are doomed. Yeah. In summary. In summary. <laughs> we already have no function. Okay. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Thank you both for being here. It was a pleasure. Um, We hope you will be on again in the future. Um, But we all we hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we will see you next week for another one. Hope you had a happy Christmas or holiday of some whatever sort. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Okay.